Hey guys, this is Alicia Taylor, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire Deep Cuts. All right, everyone, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Deep Cuts here on Interview Under Fire, where we once again dive backstage, literally this time away from the musician life to focus on other artists in their world. This is your host, Sonny, here back once again. And today I'm with the talented Alicia Taylor, founder and director of the Las Vegas-based Darlings of Rock and Roll, known as Cherry Bombs. Uh, Alicia, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, this is setting up to be a dominant year for you and the girls over at Cherry Bombs with the latest reveal of your live production of Macabre. Uh, Yes. Let me begin by congratulating you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far, especially with that trailer that dropped, the memorable live performances that you ladies have exhibited over the years, your miniseries Girl Gang that's set to drop with the new season right around the corner. I mean, so much to unravel. I mean, let's take a deep breath here. All right. Before we we get to all that and beyond, like I'm putting on the spot here, I think this is a a good question to kick things off. How are you considering how we're all just kind of collectively coming back out into the normality here again after two years? Like what's life like in 2002, 2022 in Alicia, 2002, right? Go back 2002. I mean, I (laughs) would have been 17, um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? I feel like we've kind of all been in this weird dream, like this fever dream for the past like two years or so. And we're all kind of emerging out of this cave and we're blinking and we're like, Oh my God, what's happening. Um, and we're kind of coming back to some sort of sense of normalcy ish ish. Um, I don't want to speak too soon, you know, and I don't want to jump the gun, but, um, it's good to finally see tours, uh, coming back. It's good to see live events coming back. Um, so I'm thankful for that. And yeah, man, I'm feeling, uh, it's weird. Overwhelmed is a, is a word that I would use, but also grateful because man, the past couple of years have just ruined our industry and, and, you know, not just from a performer aspect, but, you know, from concert goers, music lovers, and, and everybody else too. Like we've all kind of been down and our hearts have been missing these live events and concerts so much that, you know, I, I'll never take that for granted ever again. I'll never not appreciate every little bit of it. So while it is crazy right now, and while 2022 is, you know, stacking up to be an immense year for us. Um, and I feel like I'm running around with a chicken with my head off. I'm also very thankful and very grateful for it because it could all be taken away like that again. You couldn't have said it any better. I keep thinking of 2002 now. <laughs> I kind of just, I kinda <laughs> just, set, the, I kinda oh. just set, the, set the tone for this uh, conversation. By the way, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, I'm here in Dallas. We're about to get hit with a huge hailstorm. I don't know if you heard that warning downstairs, the little eh, 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 like that service announcement. So if the lights go out, I apologize. <laughs> so oh, it's just it's gosh. just Texas weather. Yeah, you may hear uh alert on my phone going off any moment so just a heads up or anyone stay safe yeah hey you hey alisa you'll be here in in less than a week so i mean okay we're we're gonna bat down until until you get here (laughs) now you know obviously life as of late right you mentioned many of us are finally beginning to return to the stage setting you know fans and artists alike i mean it's an exciting thing to see i mentioned but with you know cherry bombs Elisa, you've been at this for a while i mean i mean i want to stick on the subject of like the touring life and the live 
experience for you personally? Because you've done some extensive touring, you know, I know you shared the stages with you know, your husband, Corey, obviously, you know, uh, bands right. like Buck Cherry, Steel Panther, yeah. you performed at Not Fest, Force Fest, yeah. and I believe recently Shiprocked. Weren't you at Shiprocked lately? Yeah. Now, yes. here's the thing. Uh, how was Shiprocked? Because I know that was a dream of yours, uh, yeah. being on this event ever since Cherry Bomb started. Can you walk me through that experience? If you have any words to describe it? <laughs> You're absolutely right. Shiprocked was one of my massive goals when I started Cherry Bombs. I, just, I remember seeing it and be like, man, I got to perform on that boat sometime. And so this became a reality and it was, it was just awesome. Um, Shiprocked was a blast. You know, at first I was kind of nervous. I was like, oh, man, we're going to be on a boat. It's still COVID times, you know. And when we got out there, you know, everybody was doing great about wearing their masks and unless they were staying outside. And everybody was having a great time and, and the girls enjoyed themselves so much. And man, we just had a blast. It was, it was better than I expected it to be. It was way more fun. And I feel really good about that. And well, the last day was pretty rocky. Like the, didn't it rain? I think, I I think I saw it it rained. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It was rainy. It was chilly. Uh, Corey performed the first night, I believe. And it was really cold. Um, And then the last day the ship was like, oh, I mean, it just felt like it was going to, I was like, can this thing capsize? Like, can we, are we going to go down like the Titanic those are my, those are, That would be something I would think <laughs> if I was on a ship. I mean, I mean, get me all the drama mean that you have. <laughs> oh, it was being passed around amongst everybody that day because everybody's getting so sick. And I asked the security guy on the boat, I said, is this, because he had been working all the cruises and I was like, yeah. is this normal? Is this, and he's like, no, this, this is kind of rough. Like, actually, this is pretty rough. And we're like, oh, okay. And one of my girls was in the gym trying to work out. And she said she saw the row machine, like the seat of it, like move from side to side with the boat because it was tilting so much. And like everybody's glasses were like, you know, shifting along the tables and stuff. It was (laughs) wild. But um, it was a great time. And I really hope to go back again. I think it just goes well with the music of metal. I mean, I mean, it's not it's not a metal cruise without all that. I mean, you got to have you got to have all the yeah. rocky things going on. And I think that was, totally. I mean, it, it was so great to see uh, you ladies do what you do. And, you know, everything that you just described to me, would you say you have a newfound appreciation of the live concert experience now, considering what happened in the last two years? You know, I don't know about you, but I was at a show like every week before the shutdown, you know, and now it's yeah. things are finally coming back. Like I'm looking back. Yeah, I am grateful for so much, you know, just to step out of the house and do what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Our first show back um, in 2021, I cried at the end of it. Like I was super emotional because I was like, my soul needed this. And I saw people mm-hmm. in the audience crying too. And it was just kind of a weird moment where you're looking at each other like, why are we crying? But it's because of that. It's because you're like this, you don't realize how much it means to you. Like you have fun and you love it from week to week as you go to concerts every week. But then when it's taken away for that long and you didn't have a choice in it, it's like, oh man, like you, you feel like a piece of you has been ripped out. It's like such an outlet for so many of us, you know, emotionally and um, to have that gone and then experience it back again. It's like, it was just a rush and a wave of emotions. So yes, absolutely. Newfound appreciation for it. You know, having said that, you know, the thing that makes cherry bombs, cherry bombs is the live presence that is put on display, you know, between the aerials and, and the dancing and the pyrotechnics, you know, you know, Alicia, I, I want to wind the clock back here for a second to 
2016, maybe even before that, because yeah. for fans and listeners who may not know, you know, if you could just briefly talk about like that defining moment in your life that led to the birth of Cherry Bombs into what it is today, because you've been on quite the journey. Like, how did you realize that this is what you wanted to do with your life? So I started Cherry Bombs in 2013 after I'd left uh, being a cheerleader in the NFL. And performing has always been in my heart ever since I was young. And dance is something I've always been involved with ever since I was three years old. And I knew I wasn't done performing. I just wanted to do it to music that I, I loved and I was passionate about and in my own way. And I guess, you know, when I was in high school, I started my high school's first dance team. There was never one before that. There was a cheerleading team and I was on the cheerleading team, but again, I wasn't passionate about it. I was yeah. like, eh, you know, I should I was like, I'm a, I'm a dancer. And, and I started my high school's first dance team and we did dances to Rob Zombie and, and stuff back then. So in a weird way, it was kind of foreshadowing what I was meant to do with my life. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm just good at forming a group of performers and bringing them all together and making a, a, a really great group of, um, of dancers and, and the dance team is still going on my high school. Like they go to state now and stuff. So they're, that's awesome. They're still doing it. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's rad. Um, and I just kind of, I should have listened to myself, I guess, when I was in high school and I should have done that right out of the gate, but I did. I went to college and I did the ABC method, you know, you, you graduate high school, you go to college. You get I did married. that check, check, check. And then you kind of, I mean, that's okay. I feel like that also shaped you into who you are today. And, yeah. you know, I don't know how often you take a look back at that time in your life, but you mentioned this just for a second. I, I was, I was wondering if I want to ask this question because I have to ask now. Sure. Tell me more about you playing Slipknot in the locker room when you were a cheerleader for the Atlanta Falcons. Have you had a chance uh, to talk about this? Because I am wa- wanting to know about this story because you mentioned the cheerleader part, but yeah, <laughs> did this actually so, happen? <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, so in during the season, um, each cheerleader got to have a day where they were like a DJ in the locker room and they got to put on whatever music they wanted to listen to. So typically it was a lot of hip hop, you know, and, or pop music or like EDM dance music stuff to get like the girls hyped before the game while they're getting ready. Yeah. And then it was my turn. (laughs) And I was always kind of the black sheep on the team. I, you know, I had the most tattoos on the team that I had to cover up with makeup or hide and I wore black every day and I, I tried to wear sundresses like everybody else did. It didn't feel like me, but I tried really hard and then just, it wasn't me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put on my music. So I put on Slipknot. I think it was before I forget. That's, and, that's a perfect one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I figured, you know, something, you know, I mean, it wasn't, you know, snuff or vermilion, but I was like, no, they'll, they'll probably like this. And they never asked me to be the DJ ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder those, if those I wonder if those girls talk about it too. It's like, remember when that time when we heard that song or I forgot what it was, somebody was young. I wonder if they I want to know about like their discussions on what their experiences were like, you know? Oh I, man. Have you, I also wonder if you had a chance to like follow up with them like years later. It's like, hey, I remember you. You played that song. <laughs> oh, well, my the the girls that I'm still friends with today, yeah. they remember it. And they were like, oh yeah. But to <laughs> them, they weren't that surprised. They always knew they always knew that I was a big metal head. Um, the, some of the other, cause we had a team of 40, so it's, it's yeah. big, right. And you have like different groups of friends in a, in a team that big. 
so some of the other members that didn't know me as well. Um, I remember when I left the NFL and I started cherry bomb. So I dyed my hair red and I started working on my sleeve and they were like, is Alicia on drugs? Like, is she okay? And it's, it's Atlanta, Georgia. Right. So they were like, do we need to add her to our prayer list? And I was like, <laughs> and I was, okay, I was that's, that's funny. prayer list. And they really thought like I had gone off the deep end, but the ones that knew me were like, no, we are not surprised. Right? She was wearing <laughs> combat boots to her last like get together. Like, come on, like, whatever so um i love that you yeah. also kind of also describe like every metalhead's experience like growing up growing up with their peers right because yeah. they, they always look at you like okay this doesn't seem like you right this is what you do it's like okay and then everyone kind of just like half shuns you it's like okay now i see what's happening but it's like it's like yeah. you're describing my experience growing <laughs> really? up like in high what school you know it was just okay first off for me i mean it was just i was i was your typical guy like i moved to I moved to high school, like I went, I moved to like super dominant, like white country, like Louisville, Texas. Right. And and look at me. I know. Right? And it was, yeah, I know yeah, and it, it was right after nine 11, one of the worst times to ever move. And oh, it was yeah. just, and I'm, I'm over here, like listening to bands like corn and tool and then slipknot came in and then, and all these bands and, and machine head, you know, like yeah. late 90s, early two thousands. And it was just, and when I finally listened to, of course, Pantera, of course, Pantera, of course. And I, yeah. I remember somebody was playing domination and I was in, on the basketball team. Somebody was playing domination in the locker room. I was like, Hey, that's a great song. And they were just looking at me like, wait, did that come from you? <laughs> you know, Cause I would never <laughs> talk about the music that I love. I was a shy kid, you know? Oh yeah. Years, yeah. You know, I feel like with the metalheads, I, I feel, I don't know about you. I was shy, you know, growing up, but I feel like I was able to really translate all my feelings and just like everything who I was into that music that allowed yeah. me to be who I am. And I felt like it seems like you had the same experience almost, you know, it, you know, being a cheerleader and then listening to heavy metal. Yeah. It, you don't really see that, but here you are doing what you're doing. You know, I think it's, I think it's amazing. I think it's really cool to see the camaraderie with the metal heads and we're all like a tight knit yeah. community as well. So um, you're right. But, but I love that your friends, your peers were like, you you guys are still connected even after <laughs> it's yo yeah I, I love that experience like we always we're always making the experiences for people other people you know it's fun being Absolutely. a metal <laughs> it is yeah it is and you know it, it I think they found it intriguing at first you know like yeah. oh, okay this is kind of weird but okay you know you're cool it's fun um, to be weird <laughs> I guess yeah and you're just like okay thanks and um uh, I remember I think an article came out about me being a, a metalhead as an NFL cheerleader while I was on the team. And I remember um, walking across the field because every quarter um, you have, you switch corners of the field, right? right? So like quarter yeah. one, you're over here, quarter two, you're over there. So you rotate around the field during the game. And I remember we were doing a rotation. I was walking across the field. And as I passed uh, a certain part of the stadium, these guys yelled out, they're like, Alicia, Mashoga. And I was like, yes. And nobody around me, like none of these girls are like, what? What does that mean? And I was like, okay, check I was this out. Like, I, I love that because that's also bringing in the metal community into, into these games. You know, it's, yes. you know, football and heavy metal. They, by the way, they go together pretty well. I don't they know. They do. You, and you know? it's criminal. And we could talk about this all day, but like Metallica needs to play the Super Bowl. Yes, like, they do. I've they been saying that for years. I mean, I'm, I'm not just me. Obviously, you're saying it now. I mean, yeah. even even like Everybody, the metal ambassadors. Yeah. I don't know what Corey's thought is. I mean, Slipknot playing at a, you know, I wonder about that if he's ever been approached for something like that. Because he, 
uh, we were watching, uh, we didn't get a chance to watch the halftime show this past one uh, yeah. live because we were traveling, but we watched it on YouTube the other day and he turned to me and he said, I don't think I'll ever get that opportunity. I don't think we'll ever get that opportunity. And I said, I don't know if we ever thought Snoop Dogg would get that opportunity. You know, that's, like, that's I think true. there was a point in time where we said that about Eminem too. We did. And look, and look. Yeah. And I, I believe yeah. there was a there was a rock band that performed there not too long ago. It was almost along the lines of like not heavy, but it was like in the rock realm. I can't think of the name, but it was it was not that far back. It, they they performed at the is it Foo Fighters? No, hold on. I maybe I'm I don't know. I, I'm, last, gonna, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get blasted here by everyone. Like, no, that's not the I, right band. I know there's I a like, band out there. I mean, I. I just remember a bunch of pop performers because you had like Lady Gaga, yeah, yeah Lady Gaga, The Weeknd, um, Beyonce, yeah, The Weeknd. You had, um, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, there was Coldplay. <laughs> and then there's Maroon Five, yeah. But see, but see, that's what I'm saying. If the if we're moving across in time, and and heavy metal is is technically the youngest genre out of all those genres. So my hope is still high. Corey, I'm sure you guys will get that opportunity. I hang in there. I'm yeah. and and it's it's bound to happen. And uh, like I said, we could talk about this forever. Oh, yeah. I I, I want to get to. I do want to get to something that you're taking a, a a big a big part of is um obviously staying busy during the pandemic and especially doing now is definitely an important thing. But aside from you know what you're doing with Cherry Bombs, has that time opened up new things for you? that you have not discovered before about yourself? Because I know that I've heard whispers about, you know, even today, opening up a Twitch account, you know, you have a hair dye line that may be coming out this year. What, yeah. can, what can you say about that? I don't know what you can and cannot reveal, but I'm yeah, very so, intrigued. Uh, I have a Twitch account. I have not gone live yet. I haven't streamed yet. Um, we, I've been paired up with an amazing guy who is helping me, you know, make all my fancy screens and transitions. Game, like the and gamer, I my, gamer tags and all that. You have that. Oh also. yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I got my, like, I got my stream deck. Awesome. I've got my gaming PC. Cause I'm a, I'm a video game nerd. Like I yeah, love me too. gaming. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I got my gaming PC. So I, and he's just making it look cool. Like he, you know, so I have yet to stream, but I'm so excited and you, everybody's probably gonna get super bored watching me just play you know assassin's creed or whatever no but, way are um, you kidding me well, just yeah. watch watch the first day and get back to okay. me you're gonna see okay i mean considering the the repertoire of just the fans that you've built over the years who wouldn't i mean alicia alicia on on, on twitch cherry bombs yeah they would want to see you like <laughs> talk about like the commentary on something like assassin's creed or doom if you have a chance doom. to play doom. i do have the doom Oh, dude, Doom. Yeah. Uh, that's that may be my next to Skyrim. That may be my favorite game that I played okay. a lot okay. in recent recent memory. But um, uh, PS4, PS5. I don't know what console you're actually starting I'm off Xbox. with, but Xbox. Hey, all up to the Xbox mm -hmm. users. I'm all up to the Xbox, Xbox girl. But, I mean, are, yeah. are, you, are you are you looking forward to this? Are you nervous? Have you done something like this before? Like as far as like streaming, because a lot of the musicians they've uh, you know all the guests I've had on here. They finally took up Twitch and they're deciding, man, this is a very beneficial platform, not just for what I do, but even for my music, you know, because right. I mean, kind of cover all platforms in one platform, so to speak. But yeah, it's, 
do you have yeah. a do you have an idea when this will actually take off? Like it's just like the anticipation is um, kicking in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, right now we're done with all the the cool fancy stuff, and now we've moved on to my Discord uh, for Cherry Bombs, and so now Very we're cool. we're just finessing the Discord and making it um, public. Right now it's a private Discord for our fan club Club M eighty. And so they want to keep their section of it private just for them because they're part of our Patreon. So um, we're kind of rebuilding it so that they have their own like private VIP area of our Discord. And then the rest of the Discord is public for everybody on Twitch and, and things like that and fancy cherry bombs. Um, but yeah, I'm super stoked about it. I'm going to be playing video games. I'm thinking about, you know, dicking around and eating some fire. Um, I'm going to, I pack everybody's merch items. So I was thinking about streaming while I pack your merch and talk to you. Dude, do um, it. Yeah, just just come up with like all these different things. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to jump in. And, um, you know, Corey and Griff, my my stepson, they watch me for the, play video games a lot. So like they sit behind me and like they're like, oh, go left or like, oh, go right. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And we kind of make it a group effort. Um, Man, I feel like your your stepson would really love that. That would that be that's really cool for him to see. He has a Twitch. Really. See, that's awesome. Yeah, have yeah. him even help you out to see. Like, I'm sure he can give you like all the inside hints on how to handle. I I mean, I don't even know how to Twitch. I'm sure all the young guns already know what to do. It's insane, right? It's like they're he, like my yeah, I have a 19 year old. He's my tech support. I'm like, Griff, <laughs> I need you. So, um, uh, what is your yeah. Twitch? Do you have a handle right now that people can? I do. Yeah, it's what, Alicia E. Taylor. I'll make sure I include that in the description. Okay. Uh, so Twitch and then your hair dye line. How far mm -hmm. are we into that? Um, I, I'm in the R&D um, process of it right now. So I'm looking to come out with a bunch of colors. Um, but right now, the one I'm really honing in on is the red because that's what I'm known for. So I'm, oh, I'm duplicating <laughs> my red. Yep. And I want to make it perfect. And so I've been dunking it in my pool. I've been laying it out in the sun. I've been seeing how it fades with shampoo and washes. And I've been pouring and, it in my uh, coffee. I've been I mean, I've been running over it with my car. <laughs> I mean, everything. Like you got to make sure you put yeah. it, everything to the test before you put it out there. Just Ew. so. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. And I mean, um, down to the smell. Like I'm, I'm choosing the scent. Um, so I'm really excited about it. And I started talking about it this year because I knew when I, when I publicly talked about it, then it would give me the push to like complete it, you know, and, and sometimes I need that to be held accountable. So, I mean, um, and listen to what you're saying. Like, this is something that you could even like sell while you're on tour. You yeah, know, it's going to really pick up like pun intended, like wildfire, but, um, it's really amazing <laughs> to see what you're doing with everything that you're doing. But now we've talked about everything, right? Let's get to cabaret i mean good god because right. this i mean this is also your first headlining tour if i'm not mistaken you're right i mean essentially this is the next step in the evolution of cherry bombs and it's yes. one thing to put your art on display in the way it's being displayed on stage like we've discussed but this is with a storyline and by that i'm talking about the story of a man tangled in a delicious web of <laughs> torment and retribution loosely based on the folklore surrounding the goddess Pele and what happens yeah. to those who cross her. You had a trailer that came out, but here's the thing, Alicia, coming from a film a movie buff like myself, I did film school for three years out in California. Oh, like, awesome. Like, like, I got to ask, where does the inspiration come from to manifest a story like this into a stage setting? I got to, I can't help but ask something like that. You know, you just sit and just like, it just hits you. It's like, holy shit, I have an idea, you know? <laughs> it it does. Um, 
it, it kind of does. It's kind of like writing a, a short story. You know, you, you yeah. start kind of thinking of one thing and then that leads to another. But this came about because I was, I knew that I wanted to put on a storyline as our performance because I wanted to be different. I didn't want it to feel like just piece, piece, piece that, that were unrelated. Um, I wanted a purpose behind everything. And so I started thinking and, you know, grinding my gears and I'm thinking, okay, I, I think I want it to take place in a saloon, like an old Western-y kind of Moulin Rouge, but Wild West type feel. Yeah. And, but then how are we going to get there? And then I thought, okay, what if we bring in a male character? I've never had a male performer before. So that's different. Okay. So we have a male character here and maybe like, maybe the male is what takes the audience through the storyline as him. And so then I had to think of how was I going to frame this whole thing from start to finish where it made sense for the audience, um, where they had to pay attention. And I could also throw in some little Easter eggs throughout that were going to be kind of fun for people to find. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, how do we arrive at this saloon? And then I started thinking about my time. I used to live in Hawaii. It's where I went to college. And um, I remember them talking about uh, this road that I lived on was a really haunted road. And there is this story of the goddess Pele, where if she's on the side of the road, she'll appear as a hitchhiker. And if you stop and you pick her up, uh, she'll get in the back of your car. And as you drive, she'll just disappear. But if you don't stop for her, something bad is going to happen. You'll crash your car or maybe you'll break down or something. So it's kind of a, a, a overall big story about, you know, take care of one another, you know, look out for one yeah. another. Um, that's kind of the, the motto behind all of it. And then also a warning sign of the goddess Pele is sometimes before a volcano erupts, because she was also the goddess of, of volcanoes um, is and fire is um, you, you would see a white dog. That was a warning. So I thought, okay, I'm going to name our saloon, the white dog saloon. And so that's why you'll see that throughout our storyline. Um, and, cool. and as you're watching our show, you'll see flashes of a white dog appear. Or it, we made a movie about it too, and you'll see like a white dog just come across the screen randomly. Sunday can't like, get here soon enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy so shit! There's some really cool little little tiny Easter eggs um, based on that legend uh, that I threw in there. That some people are gonna be like, "What is that about?" But if you know the story, or or maybe you've dove deep into this, you'll you'll understand why. Um, so yeah, so now we just took that and put it as a live production. I gotta say this because I know you're starting your Twitch soon. I recommend playing everything you just told me. Just mm -hmm. the, the, I feel like the mythology of that story, you would love the new Tomb Raider series. If you play those games on Twitch. Okay, yeah. Holy shit. I mean, and, and I'm only also saying this because it may even manifest new ideas for you that you could even sure. incorporate yeah. into your future production. But Tomb Raider... Alicia, you will love those games of the 2013, oh, 2015 and 2017. There's a three part series, but they're all great. Okay. I have all three games. Anyway, cool. all, shout out to Tomb Raider. But I feel like that story, yeah. everything you tell me, it reminds me of a lot of the, the lore and yeah. like the, the, the I feel like the Greek goddess, goddess histories within those games. But I love that. Uh, That's man. super cool. Tomb Raider that, rocks, man. I love I fucking love Tomb Raider. You know, it, it, yeah. you're telling me all this, like the, the buildup of the story and, and the anticipation is kicking in for someone like me. You know, knowing the success of your previous live shows, Alicia, and the positive reception it's been getting. Keep in mind, I have not seen Cherry Bombs live yet, but I will this Sunday. Okay. Again, it's kicking yeah. in. Is there any such thing as pressure for you for when you decide to sit down and write 
an entertaining story storyline for a new production like how much you know how much of it did you have to scrap like i've written scripts you know right walk me walk me through this how much do things change from when you first start composing on your story to where you end up finishing it like do you have a specific message in mind from the start or does it develop into i know a loaded question but i feel like that's very no 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 no, no, your... no it's good it's good i like that question that's again awesome. film buff i i, I can't yeah ask. no <laughs> with macabre that one developed over time okay um so that one i knew that i wanted to start i started with the setting and then i thought about the different characters that this man would come across and those would be the different individual acts and then i thought what would those characters be and then how did he get there and how how is how are we going to wrap it up at the end right to where it makes sense yeah um so i it's kind of started in the middle and then i developed the beginning and then i developed the end um so i don't know what kind of method that is but that's what i did with macabre i've written two other storylines in my head so far for two upcoming shows um they're very loose right now but right now it's um one of them is a theme i have a theme in my head of what i want and I, I haven't quite figured out how I want to take the audience through it. Cause that's probably my next point in my process is I think as the viewer, you know, it's kind of a fourth wall thing with yeah. performing, you know, mm -hmm. um, as a viewer, how am I going to go through this to where it makes sense for the viewer and, and without getting too complicated. Um, so that there's some looseness there that I can play with. I didn't want a harsh, hardcore storyline with like specific dialogue for every character or anything. Right? It's almost kind of like an easy way to go about it would be uh, you see a lot of productions they do a dream sequence, right? Yeah. Like that's a, I feel like that's a very easy. Especially nowadays, we're seeing that a lot. Um, yeah, like they have a dream and it could go this way, it could go that way, and it doesn't really have to make sense because it's a dream. Mm -hmm. Um. So I don't want it. I don't want it to be that loose, but um, I want it to be loose enough to where a viewer can watch for a minute. And if they go take a drink or they have to go to the bathroom or go grab another drink at the bar or whatever, they can come back to it and be like, "Okay, I'm here." Um, so yeah, um, like everyone. Right now, I feel like everyone serves a purpose in this storyline. They don't necessarily have to like. Oh, you have to like push yourself to have character do this to find their motive, but they have their place. Yeah, everyone has their place for sure. Um, every character has its intention. Um, but for the next two shows, I'm gonna have to wait and see how my brain works when I start wrapping around yeah. it a little bit more because um, right now it's feeling very. I don't know if you've ever seen ballets. Yes, I have. Uh, okay, the last one. It's been a while. The last one I went to was Swan Lake. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's very much like a ballet in that where I think that's a storyline. It doesn't have any dialogue in it because it's mm -hmm. a ballet, but you yep. understand what's going on via the costumes and the lighting and the choreography and the characters that come in and out. And, you know, you kind of get a feel for who's who, even though no one has spoken a word. And so that's, that's the challenge that I have to come up with in, in conveying a storyline to a rock and metal audience Holy um, shit. without a lot of, you know yeah so, and, and i yeah. feel like no one's doing it the way you're doing it i know you're a big fan of the theatrics as much as i am i yeah. gotta ask about the production who's yeah. the team uh behind this on stage production during your shows like and how difficult or easy is the process in finding the right team to take with you while on the road oof well 
tell, um, we don't have a lot of crew. So um, on this particular run, we have mm-hmm. two. We have our tour manager, who's also doubling as a stage manager and side stage tech. And then we have our um, lighting director. So, and, you know, of course she's at front of house. So that's really it. So us performers, we have to double up as production for each other, um, where we help each other, you know, set things up for the next act. Um, you know, we, we help set up our, our scaffolding set that we all climb all over. Um, we help change the rigging in and out for aerial apparatuses. Um, so we kind of double up as crew. Um, it's a lot of work, but we make yeah. it. <laughs> Do you, ha- are you bringing that? Con- I don't know if it's a contraption like that cube type of, yeah. uh, holy shit. That, yeah. Okay. I can't wait to see that. Okay. Yeah. Bring in the cube. It's aerial cube. Um, it's, we have UV tape all around it. So, and we put black lights on it and, um, the girls do a duo on that and it's great. Um, so yeah, we're bringing the cube, we're bringing silks, we got straps, we've got an aerial pole. Um, and then we have, you know, of course the angle grinders and the fire and yeah, uh, all the other stuff. <laughs> I know you're performing at trees, but man, I-, I wish it was at a bigger stage. We have a lot of bigger stages here in, in Dallas, man. I feel like Toyota music factory would really, I would love to see cherry bombs on something like that, especially because um, I feel like there's no limit to what you ladies can do on stage. No size, you know, I feel like the bigger, yeah. the better, I suppose. I mean, you, you've been to trees, right? It's a, it's kind of a, it's a normal size venue. It's been there for I've a long time. I've never been to trees. Yeah. So I, I actually want to see what challenges you may face. And I know you'll conquer them, obviously, but I, I, yeah. really, I really can't wait to see it, what it'll look like. Because it's one of the smaller stages here in Dallas. And I've been going to trees for as long as I've been alive. But it's it now I'm really intrigued. And thanks for letting me pick your brain on like yeah, just, the, just the tangibles of all that. You know, between writing and, you know, the choreography and the structuring the production process, you know, keep all this in mind as I'm asking you, you know, Macabre, I feel like it also allowed you to tap into a different dimension of Alicia that you may not have the chance to explore before, because it was also unlike anything you've ever done with, you know, Cherry Bombs. It's really cool to see. I, I begin to think of the different like themes to your performances. Will be, will this be like the first of many with Macabre? Like, is it too early to tell, you know, like how important are themes to you? Because I feel like you've never done this before. But now, considering the way it's looking, I mean, the future, can you imagine like so many different other themes, like a winter theme or something like that? I don't know. Like, I'm just spitballing here. But No, you're you're right on it. So my next two shows that I've written in my head are very much like that. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think I'm done doing the whole. I mean, so there's certain shows and we're, I'm always changing our show, um, depending on what we're doing. So like not fest, right. We had a 30 minute set and that's just too short for me to like, give you much of a storyline of anything. But what I did do was I took pieces from a cabaret and I put them together, but they weren't in a storyline, but it was that theatrical, like the wardrobe was still over the top and the production was still over the top. So it was still those elements of it. I just didn't have like a, a running thing that kept you through it. Um, that was more, you know, song, 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 song. Mm-hmm. And there were some transitions into the next piece that that connected them and made them seamless, which was cool and fine. Um, but I think you're right. I think I'm having a lot of fun with this 
type of show with this type of production. And to me, it just feels a little more elevated and it feels um, like just like there's more purpose behind everything and I'm really enjoying it and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, so yeah, you're right. Uh, Macabre Ray was out of left field for me. Um, it, it was challenging. It was a completely different thing. And, and, it, and it was an idea that had been rumbling around in my head for years before I did it. It was like, you should really come up with a storyline. Like, I wonder if there's a storyline. And I thought, ah, that's going to be cheesy. And Not thought, at all. It's okay yeah. to be cheesy. I wonder if you watch any movies that inspired you to go this direction. So Ooh. I'm a massive fan of, of the Rob Zombie films. And I'm a massive Quentin Tarantino fan. Gosh. And so when we filmed Macabre for during the pandemic, because we we released Macabre as a as a movie first, yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, and my videographer, Nathan Mowry of Kind Punk Film, he's my homie, he's been working with me for years, and he gets my style. He likes, he knows that I like that gritty kind of renegade kind of feel to film I, I, a little bit grainy, um, not unlike Rob Zombie's films um, with the kind of like more harsh um, filters on them, you know? And then I also love the Quentin Tarantino like segues into things where he like brings up a title of a name, you know, and like the whole screen freezes for a minute yeah. and then you keep going like that kind of caricature vibe that Tarantino has. And so I wanted to marry those ideas, but then do it in this Cherry Bombs production way where it was a giant music video, essentially. Um, and we we hit it out of the park with it. I was really stoked about it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, those are my influences. That, that's like right down my line. I, I was just watching my favorite Tarantino film, just putting this out there. Inglorious Bastards, like it's just ah, I, yeah, absolutely love a fun that one. And when they when they always show like a new character, it sh it it just yeah. shows the character, and then yeah. it pays it plays a piece, kind of yep. just really cements the tone for that. Like 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 Hugo uh -huh. Stieglitz for crying out loud, dur, dur, yep. when they yes. play that and they just show his face. You get yep. what I'm saying? Yes. No, that's exactly what we did. So in our film, when the title of the song comes up, when that song starts, it'll freeze, and it'll say oh, like, yeah. You know, um, can't bring me down from suicidal or whatever. Can't yeah. bring me down. It'll freeze. And then it'll go again. You know, that's my favorite and... suicidal song, too. That's perfect. Oh, cool. Well, that's Holy our shit. finale. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I no. love it. That's my that's my favorite suicidal song. Holy shit. Okay, Lisa, you're this show is made for me. Um, Man, uh, thank you so much for, for just sharing so much about this. I, I, I can't wait yeah. to just see this show like in person now. It's really building. You know, this has been yeah. quite the great conversation. And, and thank you for sharing so much about who you are, who cherry bombs are. I know we're near the end of our segment here, but I can't wait to see where you and cherry bombs go from here. You know, everything we discuss, and it sounds like you still have much left to put out there with your artistic vision. There's an undying passion here. You know, let, let me remind you, I got to ask, what is the most rewarding part for someone like you, Alicia, who is now at this point in their career at the same time has been involved with so many other different aforementioned talented brilliant artists, bands, uh, people throughout that journey, you know, touring, fans, uh, giving back to your community. How do you do that? Your relationship with Corey. Do you ever just, just stop for a moment to take a look back at how far you've come? You know, it's so funny you bring that up because I was talking about this with one of my dancers yesterday. And we were just saying how, how for me, it's very tough and I don't do it near as often as I should. Hmm. I'm so focused on where I'm going and what's coming next and what I have to do next and the next step of the staircase that I forget to look back and see 
what all I've accomplished along the way. Because um, I, I compare success a lot to a staircase where, you know, you're, you take a step, but you're at the bottom of the step. And so now you feel like you're at the bottom of everything and everything's really hard and difficult and you try and you work hard and you work hard, and you work hard. And then all of a sudden you're at the top, but then at the top of that level, you're just at the bottom of the next. And so you're like trying, you work harder than the next level and the next level. And for us, that's like growing the show. So it feels like, you know, we took the show to this level and it has all this great production in it and, and we've mastered it. And now we're kicking ass and we're winning hearts and minds at every show we go to. But now it's like, what's the next step? Like, how can we make it bigger the next time we come back? So now we're like back to square one. It's like, oh, you know, so it's hard. And I really have to force myself to stop and go, man, we are doing really cool things. Like we have come really far since, since our days at the motorcycle rallies, you know, when we first got our start, when no one would say boo to us. Um, And I'll always be appreciative of those times and so grateful for, for those those gigs that people took a chance on us with, because, you know, there are people who came forward and said, yeah, we're going to hire you. We don't know who you are. You're a bunch of crazy girls. Um, but sure. Why not? Come on. And I have to thank those people because it it's a new concept and we're kind of forging a new path in this kind of rock and metal world that hasn't been done before. Um, and all the steps along the way have been really big and massive and really cool. And so um, I'm eternally grateful for that. And I, I do need to take time to appreciate them more than just looking ahead. And I, and, I, and I think it's important also to celebrate the little successes along the way. I'm a, I'm terrible at that, but even asking you that yeah. question, you, you saying what you just said reminds me to do the same thing. I think it's important to, it's, it's easy to lose track of ourselves. The more successful we are, it's important to kind of just push everything aside for a minute, take a look at yeah. it from the outside kind of just exhale, just reevaluate yourself and go back into it with the refocus energy almost, you know? And I feel like we don't really do that. We lose track of where we are. And I wanted to give you that, that chance to talk about it. And and I love that you mentioned all that, you know, I mean, you guys are doing fucking amazing things and thank you. And and I want people to know about this because this podcast is not just YouTube. We're going to, this is on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. And I want people to know about cherry bombs and and the positive impact and really the, the, if I could say a badass impact that you guys are having giving heavy metal. And I guess people like us, like just the push, like saying, Holy shit, they're representing us. Almost you, you and Corey are metal ambassadors. I mean, let me just say Aww. that it, it's, it's a fact, you know, uh, shout out to Jose Mangan from Sirius XM. Like I see you doing, uh, doing what you guys do. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you for so much appreciation to what you have wow. done throughout your career. So I wouldn't and, say I'm all that, but thank but, you. But, but think about it, but think about <laughs> it. It's good. You're, you're paving the way for the future generation. And I think it's important. I, I, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. That's why I started this yeah. publication. I want to give people like you the platform to talk about what you are passionate about. We don't have enough of that nowadays. Now it's just interviews, interviews, interviews. Oh yeah. Tell me about this, this, this controversy, this, 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 mm-hmm. because that's, what's appealing, but not what's real. What's connecting why we are the way we are and especially in the last two years shit and i mean little things really started to stand out so i'm eternally grateful and so anyway thank you thank you that means a lot because it's it's cool that you know you're focused on the substance of authenticity yeah yeah of of the art of the artist 
Mm-hmm. And that's really rad of you. So thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Wow. Thank you, Alicia. And uh, obviously, uh, this has been a great discussion. Okay, let's yeah. let, let's uh, let's relax here. We're, that surprise I talked to you about at the end. Let's get to it. All right. We've been serious okay. here. All right. Let's tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> so here's been what, all over the map here. Here's what I'm going to do. All right. This is I love this part. So okay. because now I have to like I have to like reword some of these questions I'm about to ask you. I'm going to do something here called the lightning round. Which is just funny. There's lightning right outside. I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to go down the list. You have to think quick okay. on your feet. I'm going to pick one or the other. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh you have God. to pick one or the other. Okay. Okay. You're, you're got, you got this. Are you nervous? I, a little. <laughs> Am I making you nervous? <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Some of them uh, are simple questions, but some of them are just downright stupid and silly, but that's the fun part. Okay. All right. You hit, ready? Hit, yeah. Hit me. All Let's right. go. Here we go. I'm going to do a test question first. What's the capital of Nevada? Reno. Okay. That was a test question. Red or blue? Red. Vegan or meat? Vegan. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cats or dogs? Cat, uh, no, dogs. <laughs> Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Mexican food or Italian food? Mexican. All right. I'm in Texas, so this is a big debate. Is it pecan pie or pecan pie? Uh, Texans say pecan. Oh, I heard. Don't they? It's always split down the middle. It's it's. I say pecan. I've heard. Half Texans say pecan, half Texans say pecan. You may want to ask the trees audience. That's a, because it's always split. I always see it down the middle. I think it also depends on which part of the country you're from. I don't like in the Northeast, they say pecan, which is interesting. But out in the West Coast, it's the opposite. I don't know why. So I was married to a Texan at one point and they all said pecan. <laughs> The pecan that would be that, 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 see, that sounds more Texan, but it, it'd be yeah. surprised on the house. But anyway, I love that question because it's still a debate now. All right. I'm I gonna, say pecan, but high five in the air. I say pecan yeah. too. All right. Yeah. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to do one, two, three. We're both going to name our favorite typo negative Adam album. You got it in your head? Yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Bloody October rest. Ah, that's a good one. I was, I was, it was always <laughs> October rest is great too. Yeah. Um, October Rose, that's my, it's always a tie between one or the other. I know you just wrote yes. an article on revolver stating yeah. your, uh, just the love you have for typo negative. I grew up listening to that band. So, um, I know you love that band. I, ha- I had to ask that, but shout out to bloody kisses and yeah. obviously October Rose typo negative. Uh, October Rose is great. I mean, I, yeah. Typo is just one of those bands that there will, will always have an impact forever and ever and ever. I think. Yeah. I think. And- it's one of those bands that make you go like, what is this? You know, it kind of just sticks with you overnight. It, I I didn't like Typo at first. And I was like, really? We at first. And, and then it's one of those things that just sticks in your head. Haunted was the song that actually got stuck in my head, pun intended. Okay. And I went back and like heard the entire album. It's like, this is amazing shit. Then I went back and heard it. Um, but uh, man, Typo, like one of the bands that just, it's cool to, I love that we're able to talk about like the bands that yeah. we grew up listening to. Do you want to add something yeah. to that? <laughs> and I think they still stand today, you know, they like, do. You put, yeah. You can put any of those albums on and they still stand against anything that's going on today. And so sound, sounds good. You have a typo song in the macabre or no, I don't, Ooh. but um, I have, I had an idea for a show. Um, I wanted to put together a Halloween show. That yeah. was very Halloweeny and a, a little cheesy, right? Yeah. Um, and typo was going to be in in that. Um, 
But I'm, anyway. I'm really putting you on the spot. I, I, you're like, you can't talk about a lot of the stuff, but it's like, I'm bringing it out. Like this is. It's okay. It's, yeah. It's my okay. next question was Halloween or Christmas. So that's kind of hilarious. Halloween oh, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Halloween. Uh, country yeah. or rap? Rap. Who would you pick to play yourself in a movie? I would have to ask that. <laughs> um, Emma, Emma Stone. Oh, that's a good one. I actually thought you were going to say Margot Robbie. No, I'd go Emma, Emma Stone. Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah. That's a man. That's a that's a good pick, actually. All right, Los Angeles or New York? New York. I didn't hesitate. If there's a spider in your house, do you kill it or set it free? How big is it? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Uh, this big. So a a massive spider. So in Vegas here we have tarantulas. Oh God, I, no. I we have tarantulas, and I didn't even know that. We have wolf, we have wolf spiders here. Have you seen a wolf spider? Yes, Those I are, have seen a wolf spider. Shit. Those are massive too. Um, and if they're that big, like a wolf spider or a tarantula, I won't kill it. Cause what if, what if I don't kill it and, it, and I just uh -huh. end up hitting it and then it turns around and comes after me? Like, I just, I can't. And when I lived in Hawaii, the cockroaches are like massive. No. Okay. Fly. I've had the biggest phobia for cockroaches. We can just, no, we're, we're not going there. Yeah. Yeah. They're awful. Right? I have, I'm traumatized as a kid from when I would open the shower curtain and a roach would like fly in my face yes. and I would just hide behind the couch for probably like two days yeah. when I was like 10 and my mom couldn't find me. He's like, what the hell are you doing on the couch? Get back out. Are they the, the big red ones? The, the, the They're the ones that scream. Have you heard those? I, I don't, I mean, I don't remember them screaming. They're like, they're like being... screaming as they're like, like screeching cockroaches. Yeah. No, that's uh... like when I lived in the ghetto parts of like Dallas, Texas. And this was like, like late nineties when the summers were just really humid, man. Oh, I'm getting, Sorry, phobia. Yeah, phobia nope. for roaches. But it's disgusting, right? And then you feel like they're on you all the time. Like, usually, usually the conversation is, "I would not kill the spider because it would kill all the other insects in the house." So, I mean, there's uh, always that. But um, if it's a little guy, I would let it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm but if with it's you a there. big one, nope, yeah. nope, leaving it alone. Yeah, and no to roaches. You can have the house. I'm moving. Right. <laughs> These questions get more ridiculous. If Voldemort offered to give you a hug, would you accept? Yeah, maybe he needs a hug. Yeah, maybe turn around. Maybe Tom, that, Tom, Tom Riddle maybe, needs a hug. I think. I don't think he got he's one. Maybe he just misunderstood. He you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Tom Riddle. All right. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Ooh, talk to animals. I bet some people say, "Yeah, I can talk to my cats." So I guess I could speak every language in the world. I talk to my dog. Yeah. So yeah, yeah everybody talks to their dog. <laughs> All right, kind of owner. Yeah. How are you if you don't talk to your dog? Oh <laughs> yeah, you got to talk to your pets. All right, last one. There's a time machine in front of you. I love this. It says the destination is the first concert you've ever attended. Where are you and what do you remember the most about that day? The first concert I ever attended? Yeah. Was I believe it was a Cypress Hill concert <laughs> on a mountain. Um and it was there was a concert series that um, the rock station in Seattle used to put on called Board Stiff, and it was on the side of a mountain, and you would snowboard and ski and whatever, and wow. it was in the snow. Yeah, it was a really cool concept. I don't know if they still do it, um, but it was uh, Incubus, Cypress Hill, uh, probably probably a band like MXPX or something like that. Oh, um, yeah, some old old school punk. I mean, I was probably. 14 at the time do you I have the to... 
ticket stuff from that day or just like oh, no. photos from that day? Anything like that? No. I mean, there might be some photos from a disposable camera that I could Because <laughs> those find. were the thing. Man, those disposable cameras were the shit back then. When they you had were. one, it was just, it was game on. Like disposable yeah. cameras, when you pick one from Walmart, get them developed. That experience, man. Yeah, you don't know if they're like... gonna be shitty. Is there gonna be a thumb in it? Like, <laughs> or just a, or just a dark one that just has one of those like flashes yes! in the corner, and you yes! can see someone's like dark face in the middle there's of like nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. It's like, oh my god, is that your face? Yeah. I had those like just little yeah. bits like that. But man, Cypress Hill. Exactly. That's uh, the first show I went to. I'm trying to think. The first show I went to ever was Dimebag. Um, wow. Two, two months before he got shot on stage. I saw now my first show was Dimebag with Damage Plan. Uh, wow. One of the craziest experiences. I remember that I remember I went to school the next day. Uh, one of my really good friends, Raven, he is a uh, shout out to Raven. He, uh, he was crying. Hopefully I can share this story. He was crying. I was like, why is he crying? Because his, his idol is Dimebag. Then I found out for my mom, she goes, hey, that guitarist you saw not too long ago, didn't he die on stage? I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, and then on the news that night and then. Like that just, Ooh. that really hit me like right here. But right? Um, I mean, I mean, t- getting the chance to like even see Dimebag like on stage. I mean, the, just the energy, the crowd, just uh-huh. unlike anything. But man, a show at I a bet. mountainside with snow. That, is that right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alicia, that's yeah. a, that's a quite the first show. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't have, I don't have many guests who have shows like that as their first show. That's fucking awesome. It was but, pretty cool. Was what was the name board, of the board? Board something? Stiff. Board stiff. I'm just gonna have to search board stiff Cypress Hill. Yeah. See what, see what 107.7 comes up. the end. We used to put it on. <laughs> um, Man. Yeah. Talk about a time yeah. machine. Would you would you take that trip though? <laughs> yeah. I would totally <laughs> relive that, that whole experience. Buy I, yourself I really... a drink. Like, hey, man, this is me <laughs> from go. the future. You oh, can yeah. even recognize me when I was younger. I had like none of this. Like, like I'm talking like big, huge glasses, buzz cut oversized like t-shirt that had like pearl jam on it but right i feel like we all you know have a glow up that yeah exactly these teenagers these days they don't even know like they all look like models and shit with like their perfect makeup they they have instagram doing what they're doing i'm like how the hell like it's this insane like we didn't get this Uh, shit you know growing up like in the 90s of course when myspace said i was like oh this is cool like we can yeah. actually write Bolton bulletins on whatever. Remember that you had a Bolton yeah. on the side or top and, eight. And then you get to do like the web mastering. You learned a lot about web mastering, how you're yeah. coding. Your oh, yeah. HTML. We learned coding. We learned I, coding when we're not in school. MySpace taught us how to do coding. And yeah, I still remember some from the MySpace days. Oh my God. Yeah. Like how to get your colors right. And all your shitty songs. It on mattered. It, it, it was really, it, a mattered. Part of, it really was part of your personality. And, I missed that. You had the top like eight. It was eight friends or was it top top 10 friends? And if you weren't on their like top 10 friends the next day, they wouldn't say a word to you. Nope. And that was like (laughs) the thing. And then people started caring about the order in which they were in. And it was like, that was the official friendship breaker, right? If if you remember somebody. Did you ever have a Zanga? (laughs) Do you know what that is? Do you know what a Zanga is? It was spelled X-A-N-G-A. It was right before or right when MySpace started. Zanga. That was... That started that whole like just in like just the whole social media thing where you can like blog about what you want, what you listen to that day. Yeah. Webmastering also took in its effect coding, but uh, Zanga and then MySpace and then everything kind of just went to history from there. I was like one of the last people to join Facebook. I was like, no, MySpace is the way to go. And MySpace oh, is man. now it's my have you seen MySpace these days? It's not 
MySpace. <laughs> it's not. I haven't looked at it at all. But I, I tell you now, Facebook is you know obviously going downhill. Yeah, and it is actually that's surprising. Yeah, they're losing actually, a I lot of money. It. Not surprised. TikTok. Do you have a TikTok? Uh, I personally don't. Cherry Bombs does. I have no idea how to use it. Uh, I'm that old. <laughs> I'm not going to get TikTok. I mean, people on uh, like uh, the publications are like, hey, interview on a fire should get a TikTok. I'm like, uh, I don't, okay, I don't know how to work this thing. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like it's, no. we grew up in our generation. I kind of wanted to stay there. We're that old. <laughs> we're that old. We're like, there's a new platform and man, we can't, we can't figure it out. So here we are just, just talking about like getting old and, but hey, keep doing what you're doing, Alicia. You know, this has been Thank uh, awesome. Thank you. This has been a fun conversation. I can't wait to do this again in person, probably not this Sunday. I know we're cutting it close, but we got to do the chicken wings interview one day in the future. Yeah. That'd be awesome with the ladies. It goes well with cherry bombs with the hot sauce and the interview under fire, like fire, right? That's part of the spiel. Maybe do it after the show, not before the show. Oh yeah. No, not before the show. I'm going to be like gassy. Oh, have you, have you, have you tried the, the bomb sauce? Have you tried that yet? No, but I've seen it and I, everybody keeps saying to get it. So we did one with a metal blade artist back in November. I did it. And uh, I think I felt the burn for at least a month after. Like really? it was, it's I, people like, do it in, in hot ones. Up here all the or time. down there? A <laughs> uh, little bit of both because the band, we did it before the show. Shout out to Capra. That was the metal blade artist. Um, yeah. We did it before the show and two songs into their set. You can just see it on their face. They're just sweating, just look like, like, and they're a hardcore no. band. They're a hardcore band, all right? So they go all out. Like by the second song, yeah. they were they were gone. And then like oh. a week later, we're like checking up on our, our on each other. Like, how are you guys doing? It's like, ah, I think I'm on my fifth day of Pepto, but I think I'll be okay. It was it was bad. <laughs> it was the heartburn. <laughs> and, oh and, the, and the bomb was like the tenth sauce, like we had. Oh. We had like we had three other sauces that we make in house. And Corey, Corey, actually, funny enough, my partner his name is Corey. also he makes a hot sauce in house like from scratch yeah. so oh wow so okay I don't know if, uh, well, if, uh, Corey, I'm, I'm down. if your Corey likes hot sauce let him know if he slip not wants to do one like in the he future does. i mean we have it in our in our in our arsenal so anyway now you let's know let's do Alicia. it let's do it um, i'm down but uh i'm down too this has been great i'll let you go here i know we've clocked in over an hour i feel yeah, like we could I'm talk down. for another two hours but absolutely this has you, been an absolute blast Thank you. No, thank you yeah. so much. Uh, do you have any like last words, just any shout outs, anything else you'd like to plug in for Macabre uh, before we finish things off here? No, nah, just come see us at Trees on what day is that? The 27th? That's the 27th. You have another day. 27th, yeah. That's Albuquerque. I see it. We do an Albuquerque. Yep. And then we've got Dallas and then we've got San Antonio and Houston. Um, I'm also going to be teaching a dance class on the 28th in Dallas. Um, so a dance workshop. Oh, so if anybody wants to come on down and take a dance class from me, if you I know? can make that, I will. I've done swing Sunny, dancing. Yeah. I've done swing dancing before, but it has been what ten years since I've done swing dancing. Oh, fun! You're, yeah, you're making man. you're making me reach down into like bag of tricks. Like, what can I like do? But Why not? If, if, where is it being held? The workshop. It's is gonna it... be that one is gonna be held at uh, what's the name of the studio down there? Um, the Ruby name? Room. The Ruby Room Studio. Is that on? And it's, I, I think it's not it's far right from around, trees. Yeah, I think it's actually yeah. in Deep Ellum, if I'm not mistaken. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. But but hey, I'll I'll see you Sunday, uh, Alicia. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be great to meet you in person. Um, I'll Absolutely. be up. I'll, I'll actually. I'm also also a photographer, so I'll hopefully get a lot Killer. of good shots of you ladies. And uh, awesome. uh, it's just nothing but really the sky's the limit for you ladies. I wish nothing but the Thank best for you. you going forward. 
Uh, I'll see you Sunday. Everyone who's listening, this is the amazing Alicia Taylor of Cherry Bombs. Do me a favor, do her a favor. If Macabre is in your city, I know hopefully you'll add more dates in the future. Yeah. I'm for, but um, yeah. if you're able to, if you're able to see it in a city near year, please do because uh, Cherry Bombs are doing things no other uh, unit is doing. And um, uh, don't forget to check out Girl Gang. I know the new season kicks off March 9th. Here. March 9th. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's two weeks from this Wednesday. So season four, right? That's yeah. Look at all the stuff that you're doing this. I mean, talking about kicking things off and with a bang, I mean, I don't think there's, that's an understatement for 20, yeah. not 2000. Yeah. <laughs> this is not 2002. Um, 2002 is not near as exciting as this year. Is. No. But, um... <laughs> I, and now I'm thinking about it, like, we've been talking about the past a lot going back to 2002. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, all the jinkos and the I was wearing those too. Yes, those You are those I too. Mean, like I was oh, like, I was yeah. so ridiculous in them. It was just like Sunny, what the hell are you doing? Like, it was, I wanted could... to be like everybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, with those silver, I had the silver ball necklace. Oh, thing, did you, you know? and, and then did you did you have the spikes too? Like on the some of the them had spikes. The, some of them uh-huh. had the spikes too. And then one day, just one day. I, I, I did the black nail polish and I was like, eh, Ooh, I just tried it because there was a group in the back of my Latin class. <laughs> I took Latin for crying out loud. And we did that, but holy shit. I don't think I've ever actually told that to anybody before. So that's okay. That's <laughs> awesome. Like that. <laughs> People are going to listen right, to this Latin. podcast. And they're like, what the hell, Sonny? This is, you got to tell me more about that. Anyway, I'll let you go, Alicia. Let's stay in touch. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a follow Please. on Instagram. Yes. Um, I'll see you Sunday. Stay well. Have a great tour. All right. Um, go, go all Thank out. You. Stay safe. And I will see you on the road. Everyone is listening. Uh, don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Alicia, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You stay thank safe. Thank you, Sunny. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, can't wait to see you on Sunday. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted when this episode mm-hmm. airs. It's going to be a, a thing of beauty. And tell Corey I said, hey. If he wants to do the hot sauce interview with both of y'all together, that'd be great. It's the time of the day. Yeah, that'd be a blast. All right. Take care. Thank you. you Bye, Alicia. Bye bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.